I just want to share before I introduce Diane, um, she really doesn't need any introduction, and I love how Karen said she's a guest. That's also not true, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to say uh, thank you, first of all, how grateful I am to our church family. Uh, obviously, I had uh, some surgery in about two weeks ago, had uh, rotator cuff surgery. Um, they reattached a, a bicep uh, tendon something, I don't know, whatever they did. Anyway, it was a lot of fun going through it, so I, I suggest everybody do it if you get a chance. Um, I think Val took me up on that because she, right after, she also got a surgery. Um, but I just want to say how grateful I am and so incredibly thankful for all of you guys for lots of things. One, for prayer. Um, it's been incredible, just a testimony of God's provision. You know, we always pray because uh, some people can't reconcile the fact that, you know, there's instantaneous healing and then, you know, somehow if you didn't, if you weren't instantly healed, somehow God let you down. And so, and I get that. That's a struggle that we all process through and go, Lord, we want to understand how that works. So we're praying and trusting the Lord always for supernatural, instantaneous healing. Man, I love it when God does that. And we're seeing more and more of that. Uh, a lot of us don't realize how that has been uh, constantly being restored to the body of Christ and, and just some of the incredible testimonies we've had here in our local church and also uh, church friends, uh, churches all around. So God's doing something that's really amazing. But again, part of that process is as we grow and we long to see more of that supernatural healing, God still uses natural healing. You know, it's interesting if you cut yourself you'll just start healing immediately. It's amazing, you know, there's these built-in things that God created inside of us, fearfully and wonderfully made. And so some of that's just a natural process. Some of that is, thank God, for doctors. We have some doctors and some nurses. Uh, we were talking about celebrating these guys and just honoring them really well. Um, I had a great doctor, great nurses, great staff where I was, you know, where they operated on me. My PT guys, they're incredible. So I'm incredibly thankful for those guys and some of the testimony is I've like, I started doing the pulley. You know, you do a pulley where you pull your arm up and you're trying to get your range of motion back. And so I just started doing that like three or four days ago. And when I started, I, I could get this arm up to about right here. And literally yesterday, I, I had it all the way to the top like this. So, yeah, so I mean, it's, it's going really fast. Um, the other, another testimony is uh, uh, almost no pain coming out of the surgery. And, you know, some of it has to do with Percocet so we can... Thank God for Percocet too, but but uh, but what's been amazing is there there was no nausea. Um, you know, pain has been completely controlled in every way. I'm thankful because you know there's some reluctance sometimes to give pain medicine because uh, you know some fear that you're going to get addicted. And I get all that, but we have had a wonderful staff. It was you know has they've done it really really well. So again, just so many wonderful things to be thankful for. Another thing is being able to sleep at night. For, you know, I had this going into it um, probably almost six months from the time it, I injured it initially to going through this process and actually getting the surgery. And, and out, it's like having a brand new baby. Dave and Callie will understand this. It's like having a brand new baby keeping you up at night for six months in a row. It's like, you know, I don't know if you can handle that, but that I would literally wake up every single night because I'd roll over and hurt myself, and it would wake me up, and I couldn't get back to sleep. So I was like a zombie for like six months. And then literally since I've had the operation, I've slept completely through the night, completely pain-free. It's just been amazing. And again, a lot of that's not natural stuff, but a lot of that also is you guys just praying for me, us trusting the Lord together, trusting for accelerated healing, more of that, and so we're praying for that more and more, and so again, thank you guys so much. Also for bringing us meals, uh, obviously with Karen and I, we could we can do it. I'm not completely incapacitated, you know, I try to use it as much as I can with Karen, but she sees right through that, and so <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, it's a first world problem, we, we joke about that, but I can't tell you how nice it has been several times where we come to the end of the day and we're like, man, we got to prep a meal and go through that whole process, and somebody just rings the doorbell and they bring something in and we can just sit down and eat. It's just been a blessing. So you guys are doing that, and so we're just incredibly thankful for you guys. So well done, DCF family. Well done, church. We love you guys, and that's a little bit about where God has taken me and trusting the Lord for more things. I go to the doctor uh, for a checkup on Tuesday up in Birmingham, so you can be praying for that as well. I'll be up and back right away, and so we'll kind of send out something to let you guys know what's going on. But again, thank you for your prayers. Um, now, I get to the great pleasure of introducing Diane. You can come on up, Diane. And so I just want to share a little bit about her. Uh, some of you guys know her well. She's been at DCF how many years now? Three? Lots. Yeah, lots, lots of years. Anyway, she's, she's fairly new in, in, to some of you guys who've been here over 20 years, of course. But uh, one, just a quick story about her. When she first came, uh, I had the opportunity to, to, to sit down with her and, and, and actually 
watch her go through a really, really challenging time in her personal life. And I remember after that happened, I was, I was blown away. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. I was blown away, incredibly, incredibly surprised in the sense of, not because not it's not possible, but it's, I don't see it very often where someone comes in and says, this is my church home, I'm going to plug in, and then something really, really, really challenging gets thrown at them, and the first thing she does is says, I'm going to have a mature response to that. I recognize some of the challenges. She may share some of her story about being outside of, of community, community for a little while. And so one of the things I love about her is her, just her desire immediately to just say yes to the Lord and whatever he challenges her in. And then also just a huge desire. If you haven't noticed it by now, she has a huge desire to love what the Bible says, to love everyone deeply from the heart. And so if you've not had a chance to experience that, one reason why she's moved in terms of, you know, quickness, in terms of like, uh, you know, connecting with everybody and just stepping into the call of God on her life is just because she leans in hard and she's ready to love people deeply. So if, you're, if you've not experienced that, um, come talk to her. She will love you deeply from the heart, I promise, and she will, she will, she will minister to your heart, I, I promise you, because she's done that to me. She's going to be sharing here in just a, in a couple of seconds, but I want us to pray for her. Uh, she's stepping into a big part of the call of God on her life in terms of communication and sharing and preaching and teaching and some of those things. And that's not an easy thing to do. I, I can tell you that from my own experience and some of you guys have done this. It's really, really challenging. So I want us to pray for her that she would feel comfortable here because this mm -hmm. is her home. She's obviously part of the eldership team, so, but she's, this is her home. She's not a guest anymore. She's, she's permanent resident. So let, if you would, just maybe stretch your hand towards her, and I'm just going to put my hand on her and pray for her. So, Lord, thank you so much for Diane Mitchell. Thank you, Lord, for her heart to love everybody she meets, Lord, deeply from the heart. For her, her heart, Lord, to bring discipleship to bear on people's lives. Lord, especially, uh, uh, Lord, just this place of invitation where she, she really pours out that love that's so amazing, Lord. But also, she's not afraid to challenge, um, challenge us and say, hey, it's time to step up into the calling that God has on your life. It's time to step into the maturity. It's time to walk in the fullness of the inheritance that Jesus has for you. And Lord, so thank you for her uh, uh, amazing ability to communicate that tension really, real, really well, that, that huge invitation and love from the heart, but also the ability to challenge without terrifying or without uh, calling us to just want to quit. Lord, she just holds that tension so well. So, Lord, bless her as she speaks. Lord, thank you that your, your kindness and your goodness is already upon her. And, Lord, thank you for the gift that she is to this body and to the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, don't you love the title of this message, Sheepish? We have some fun things. Um, someone talked to, uh, Suzette talked to Alan about maybe you should dress up like a sheep, you know, we can do cotton balls, you know, she's got the arts and crafts, she was preparing it, he brought three uh, Q-tips and offered them, and it, it didn't happen, but at least he was, he was willing and available, so that was a, that's a good thing. Um, what I want to share is tender to me, and I will tell you, so most people don't know, I went to Bible college, and I, I don't tell people on purpose, because sometimes it's a wall to get over, and, um, but I will tell you, the very first time I preached, was after Bible college in Scotland. Had to wear the hair co head covering, and, and God just said, it's not a mistake that you're here. No matter what anyone says, it's not a mistake. I've called you to this, and I've made you who you are. No matter what anyone else has said, I have made you the way you're supposed to be. Your identity is secure in me. And I have to be honest, um, sometimes we can waver on that, and part of what I want to share um, can make some, I'll just being prepared in my heart, it was like some could say, ooh, is she okay? Are they okay? So the next screen will show you that Team Mitchell is um, approving this. That This was at the wedding, and um, it was first shown to us in, in Punta Cana, but we had to go with it again. And I honestly want to tell you that, that I have talked this over with Alan. And because some of it's sensitive, and I won't want you to think, boy, they just got married six months ago. Are we heading the opposite way? Are we heading to problems? And the answer is, are you kidding? No, no, we're not. But I am human, and God says it's okay. 
Now, since we had this opportunity and they gave me this platform, I don't call it a stage, I call it a platform just to make it easier. I wanted to show a couple things while I was here. Look at this lovely bunch of people that came and said they would stand with us at the wedding. They are committed to this wedding. And I know a lot of you all are as well as you get to know us. It's like we are for Team Mitchell. And then there's one more just to show you. I mean, I think he looks like hot stuff. All right, there. Yeah, I won't tell all the stories that I can tell. That's for a later time. But um, I just wanted to let you know that what God has been doing, like I said, it's been six months, and God's been teaching me. Um, in the last two weeks, I've learned more about sheep than I ever have in my whole life. Add it all up. I mean, I don't know the le- if you've studied sheep, but it's been really interesting, and I've just been hyper-focused on it. And what God is showing me first is that I am his sheep. And what I have done in the last six months, because I told you I've been married six months, I would love to tell you that, w- that it's all a honeymoon and it's unicorns and sunshine and roses. It has not been for me. Um, there's, I told you, remember, just remember the wedding pictures and the, he said it's okay. Um, what I have found is that I needed to learn some things about myself. He talked about, Dave talked about the maturity. But you know, we all, God is still growing all of us. And that includes me, and I'm okay with that. But what I saw is that I used to be kind of large and in charge. Um, I am very, very proud of a lot of my life experiences. Um, I had a heart to be married at a young age, and that was not what happened. So I said, I'm not going to live in a hope chest mentality. I'm going to get out there and do things. I went to Scotland two times. I've been around places. I've done things. I've lived in San Francisco and survived, and, you know, everything's good. So, you know, I'm excited about that. I'm proud of it. And then I was a drug rep for 11 years. I know some of you all have thoughts about that, but I served my physician's with information and support. And I'm proud of that. And then I moved here because I have always had a heart to be a nurse. And it fits my DNA to just pour in. And I thought it was going to be with babies because I had always wanted to have them and I didn't have them. And then I saw birth and I'm like, oh, and it was awesome. And then I had a clinical rotation in ICU and I'm like, oh, that is it. Because I had a chance to know every freckle and mole and and thought, I mean, I got to do total care with those patients, and I am very, very proud of that. And I came from nursing school out of that, still wet behind the ears, but with a lot of life experience and understanding a lot of medical issues, I went right to the unit. So you can imagine the learning curve was, was steep. But God met me in the challenge that he gave me. He did not call me to something that he didn't provide for me as well. And I was so, I, ooh, I was so excited. I was excited to see that when families went home or even when their family was there and they could be, that sometimes they didn't share things because they didn't want to burden their family and they shared it with me. And then I also, because I was in critical care, sometimes the doctors would say, so what do you think? Any ideas? And I learned to be able to be confident and say, well, this is what I'm seeing over these 12 hours. Here's a pattern, or here are these labs. And we would talk it through, and I appreciated the trust that I got from the physicians as well. And it, it goes both ways. But see, I'm building a picture for you. I was proud of that, not like cocky about it, I don't think, but proud to be able to serve that way. And some of within this congregation and watching online, you understand that down to your toenails that you have sacrificed everything sometimes when you're not getting normal sleep, but you have invested and committed to those patients. So here I am just kind of making decisions, planning this, planning that, and if you ask Galen, my former roommate, I kind of ran the house there sometimes too, and, um, and she let me. She was very gracious to me. Now, all of that into being married. Uh, yeah, I'm 62 years old and, and getting married, and I went from running a code on patients so that helped them stay alive to no job and scooping cat litter as an act of service to the cats and to my husband and washing dishes, doing laundry, and making mediocre meals because I'm not the best cook in the world, and I admit it, they're okay. 
They're okay meals. But I went from going large and in charge to litter and laundry. And some of y'all kind of go, Psh, I have done that all my life. You're not putting it down, are you? No, I am not. It's just my story right now. And kind of going, I, what I had to, to cry out, I think I cried more in six months than in a long time. And here I am happily married saying, where is my place? I, I changed homes. I left my belongings, most of them. I changed my career. I changed all kinds of things. I changed from being autonomous. And sometimes I could be selfish to now saying I'm committed to being, uh, thinking about another person and joining together into Team Mitchell. And when I would cry out to Alan and say, Where, I don't have a place. Where's my place of significance? He said, first off, Diane. And I think he is the echo of God's voice to me sometimes. And I'm thankful. He said, we're just learning. We're just learning, and it's okay. It's okay. You are significant to me. You are precious to me, and you're precious to God. And I, what I got from that is there is no condemnation. That, I heard it from the Lord first, and then I heard it echoed from Alan. And boy, did I need to hear that. I needed to hear it a lot of times. Because as a sheep, and that's part of where this came from, you know when you see that scripture that talks about they've all um, gone astray, my way of thinking in the past was, oh, they've walked away from God, and they're you know, kind of like, I don't need you anymore, I don't want you, and it's a rejection. Well, there's a whole other aspect. Sometimes our focus on our shepherd gets a little distracted, like squirrel, you know? And instead of being hyper-focused and just relaxing and following, I go, oh, 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 oh but where's my pasture? I had that pasture, and it was a pretty good pasture, but you changed it. Okay, where's my pasture now? Where's my green space now? Where's my cool water now? And And God was not surprised, nor did he condemn or criticize me for saying those things. He brought people into my life, and some of you sitting here and online have been people that have spoken truth into me, and I want to thank you for just reminding me of the truth of God and the heart and the character of God towards me. And I wanted to, to let you know that part of that about being sheep is not, not a surprise to God. Over 500 times in the Bible, it mentions sheep more than any other animal. And it starts, even I'm going to read something to you. Um, it's not on a screen, but the Bible says that, that the Lord is the shepherd to his people. The idea begins as early as Genesis, where Jacob called the Lord the shepherd, the stone of Israel, is in Genesis 49:24. I'm not going to read everything, but Psalm 28:9, David invited the Lord to shepherd the people of Israel and to bear them up forever. Psalm 81 talks about the Lord being the shepherd of Israel. Ecclesiastes 12:11, Isaiah 40:11, Zechariah 13:7. And then we get into the New Testament, John 10, 11, and 14, and you're going to hear some later. Hebrews 13, 20 speaks of Jesus as the great shepherd of the sheep. And there's just time after time where he says, I get it, I made you as sheep, and it's not a mistake. And it's okay to be a sheep. Sheepish is not a bad word. We use it like, she's kind of, you know, about it that that's that's not what i'm saying but he understands our tendencies he understands our weaknesses and he understands our strengths and he is right there walking with us so i'm wondering even when you've heard a little bit of my story can you relate to some of it yourself some of you are parents and you wonder am i providing well for my sheep am i taking care of my spouse am i in my pasture am i doing well there are single parents or single folks that are kind of going, okay, is, is, is this it? I, I was, I've been there before. Is this it? I have a heart for companionship. Is this my, my pasture? And if it is God, show me how it's, it's more than enough. Some people are, we're getting older. And we're looking at things from a different perspective and say, oh God, I want to finish strong. Show me the way. to to do that, and he's saying, first off, he is our shepherd, and we are the sheep. What I wanted to let you know is there's some things that some, from us being, me being a sheep, you being a sheep, to sheep 101. If you don't mind me giving you some facts, I think they're kind of interesting. 
First off, sheep are not dumb. There are people that act like they are. It's not dumb. They are hardwired to follow. And if they don't have confidence in their shepherd, they will follow elsewhere. There's a story, I think it was in Turkey, where 1,500 sheep fell over a ravine. The first 400 started with one that was like going along. The shepherds were off having breakfast far away from them, not tending them. And the sheep were like, well, then we're going to find our own way because we want something. And the first bunches of them went over a ravine because they were looking for something. And maybe they just kept going. And then so 400 fell to their death over the ravine. The rest of the 1,100 went over the ravine as well because they were just following. Thankfully, the first 400 were a cushion of dead sheep. So 1,100 lived, 400 didn't. And I was looking at that going, that does sound like dumb sheep. But they were just doing what's natural, trying to find resources, and their shepherd had deserted them. The first 400, after they first saw where they were going, they couldn't stop because the ones behind them pushing them right through. So they, it was like peer pressure almost pushed them right on over. And the sheep in the back were just following the crowd. They couldn't see what was coming. So it was just a, an amazing you know, tragedy that happened. But it was because their shepherd was away from them. And they, didn't, they couldn't trust them. And obviously by the actions they couldn't. Their shepherd was gone. So sheep are hardwired to follow. So that means you and I. We are designed to follow, and if we are not focused like a laser on our shepherd, we will follow elsewhere to get our needs met, and we will add stress into our life by trying to do that instead of being able to just calm down and listen. Um, another one, sheep are easy pickings. I mean, have you seen a sheep growl or you know, show their fangs? You know, um, they don't even have a bark. That little, that's not going to cut it when a wolf comes, right? They know that their way of safety is in numbers, staying together in the flock. But their main purpose of safety and protection is their shepherd. His rod can be used to get, keep the enemy away. And the crook that he has, the staff that he has, can even pull a little wayward sheep. You know, I know you're going over here. Come on, Suzette, come back on over here. Come back over here. Come back over here. And then at night, he would even put them in a fold and sheep sleep at the gate of it so that if you want to get to my sheep, you've got to come through me. And I love that. I think you and I can identify with that. Ain't no one getting to us without getting through Jesus, and that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, the, no, another one. Sheep are emotional. And you may think that means a lot of different things. It, it's, emotion's not a bad thing. They have the ability to bond very tightly with their shepherd and with their other sheep. They are most comfortable when they're around their pals, when they're around other sheep that are helpful, but it's their shepherd. They know his voice. And they are also spooked very easily. So if they hear a voice that's not the shepherd's voice, they tend to run. And they might, they're generally going to go together, but when one starts, they're all going, and they, they don't have what it takes to think about the consequences of where they're going. They just want to get away. And I can identify with that. I didn't want to get out of my marriage, and you don't want to get out of your circumstances, but that's when we get to cry out to God and say, I need to see things how you see them. Um, I love the fact that the shepherd leads the flock. He doesn't drive them. He leads the way to the pastures. He leads them on a path that is helpful to them. Otherwise, sheep walk this little windy path. They do not do a straight path. And I'm like, why is that? Well, it's because sheep have wide vision, and because they're scared critters, when they're walking a curved path, they can see what's behind them and in front of them and try and be prepared. And... The Lord says, no longer do you need to do that. You just need to focus on me. Follow me. I will take you to the pastures. I will keep you safe. I will, I will, when the enemy tries to do something, I have already taken care of it, and I will take care of it. You don't have to worry about it, and then we can follow and, and be at peace. 
here's a big one. Sheep cannot heal their own wounds. They're finding that sheep, like some other animals, they're thinking that if they have an ailment, sometimes they go and find a correct herb or um, medication, some kind of um, grass that helps that. But generally speaking, when they have like a cut or an infection, they can't heal it themselves. They could even go to the point of killing themselves. Uh, you know when they talk about the ointment that you, um, we'll get into this more, but shepherds have their sheep go, go under the rod as they're going through, and he's counting them. And as he's doing, he's not just going one, two, three. He's looking at each one and checking them, pulling apart wool and checking, and if find a problem, treat that problem. Um, even if I can get a little graphic, my nurse thing is telling me, don't go there. But I'll use my dog. She is very fluffy, sheep-like dog. If she doesn't, I mean, her coat's really thick. If she doesn't get a bath often enough, her back end gets a little bit less desirable to look at. That also attracts flea, um, um, pests. And then the pests, the flies, will embed in there. And then we have maggots. And then we have things that are actually, this isn't happening to her, but to sheep. They will actually start to feed on the flesh of the sheep. So if the shepherd doesn't take care of that area, doesn't clean, or if they have pests that are coming at their nose, those pests will actually embed in their nose and burrow into their brain. And it's painful, and sheep will even rub themselves to death trying to get rid of that and get the pain gone. But when the shepherd puts oil on it, he's healing wounds. He knows what to do because he lives with them 24-7. He knows what's going on. He knows who's limping. And when he sees the flies, he keeps them anointed so that the flies can't land in and burrow. And I thought, how, how specific? Because what happens when we have wounds and we either leave them and they fester? Is there anything good that comes out of that? or if we hide behind our fluffy coats. So you come into church, and someone says, how you doing? Better than I deserve. Or, fine, that's the famous one. Fine, I'm doing fine. And you're not doing fine? There's an opportunity to get pursue healing and another person coming alongside you and saying, okay, let's go to the shepherd. If we, sometimes you just need someone else to come alongside and go with you to the shepherd and say, this, this needs healing. I've been trying to hide it, or I don't know what to do. Well, that's because he does, and he just needs that transparency in us. Um, honestly, that's what I did when I was struggling and saying, where's my place? I called a woman from our congregation um, who I, I look to, and I say, this is a woman that's happy in her marriage, um, and she's older than me. She's walked this road much longer, well, most of y'all have in marriage than I have, but I've just watched her life, and I just asked her, can we talk? And I, she listened to my heart and my tears, and she didn't judge me. She just said, this is a transition phase, and change can equal loss. And it's okay that change feels like loss, because in some ways it is. But to get to where the season is, is going, I have to experience in that and trust that the shepherd has me. And I, and I look out at y'all, and I think there's, there's got to be some of y'all, too, that are looking at some of those going, I got this new job, or this relationship has changed, or fill in the blank. And maybe you're supposed, you think you're supposed to be happy about it. It's okay to kind of say, okay, this is hard, but God, you've got me. And if you need someone else... It's okay and it's wise to call out someone else in the flock because there is safety in the flock instead of standing alone because you can just imagine that little sheep that can't, can't growl, can't you know, take a claw and take something out. I think my cat could take out a sheep. But if it wanders off by itself, it is easy pickings for an enemy. And that's not what we're designed for. We're designed for the safety of it. Um, only a couple more of these, and then we're going to go over Psalm 23. Sheep are not meant to carry burdens. Do you ever think about that? I had not. I think about mules and horses and cattle even. They, they can carry a certain load of things. 
Sheep are not designed for that. In fact, it can take them um, and put such a burden on them that it causes heat exhaustion, heat stroke, and it messes up their, their coat as well. And if you've ever, I, I'm a King James girl when I was a kid, but why so downcast, oh my soul? There's a phrase about sheep being cast down. If they end up on their back, unless the shepherd comes and flips them back up, the gases build up in their stomach and then their internal organs, they can't breathe and then they can't get any water and they um, generally die unless they have a shepherd that's watching out for them. Um, many years ago in California, I was driving a country road and I, was seeing, I saw a sheep that was stuck. Its coat was stuck in um, barbed wire. And I thought, I'm afraid that I might cause more problems by stopping, but I stopped, and sure, I scared it, but I was able to pull the barbed wire off, and, and it ran away. You know what that sheep was doing? It was trying to get to what it thought was greener pastures, and in the meantime, put itself in harm's way. And I was glad to be able to help out, but when we look at things that we're doing that we're trying to carry, and God's saying, I haven't asked you to do that. I will carry the heavy burden. I just want you to follow me. And the burden he gives us is easy and it's light. And the biggest part of that burden is to just trust him and follow him the way that we're created. Last on the um, shrip, shrip, sheep 101 is that sheep will settle for less. If a sheep is thirsty and there's a dirty puddle, who knows what's in that puddle? It will drink from there because it's instant gratification instead of maybe clear water that's 20 feet away. It will settle for something that's less that could even be harmful. But a shepherd knows that. And he will even take them through what our, our uh, fearful sheep, they're, they're scared of, by, by the way, scared of running water, the sound of running water. But he will even take them past that to a place where they can have calm, clean water for their use. But they have to trust to leave the puddle and go for the best that God has for them. So what I wanted to do now, if you don't mind, is, is one of the most famous um, psalms that everyone knows is Psalm 23. Probably three-quarters of you, if not more, could stand up and quote this scripture, right? And when I was talking to God about preaching, that was the first thing that I heard, and I don't believe this was from God. It was like, oh, that is so basic, Everyone knows all about that. And then the character of God said, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's what I've asked you to do. Will you do it? And so the answer is yes. So we're going to look at it verse by verse and just touch on a few things. The first one in Psalm 23, and I use the NIV version, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And first of all, let's remember David was a shepherd. So he knew this inside and out, what it was like. And if you'll notice, he didn't say the Lord is a shepherd or the shepherd of the nations. He knew it was personal, that God himself assumed a lowly position because shepherds were not the top dogs in their culture. They were the low guys, even called thieves because some of them took sheep into land that didn't belong to them to graze. They were the low guys on the totem pole. Usually in a family, um, the youngest son would be the one that was assigned to take care of the sheep. You know, and you just, you just go, and you're there 24-7 for weeks on end at times. That's where David was, serving the sheep. But they were precious to the family, but we're going to leave it to this guy to do it. But what he learned from all his time out there is, I understand being a shepherd and what it takes and how I need to be precious and how I take care of my sheep, even more so, the Lord says, he is saying that the Lord is my shepherd. The Almighty God is my shepherd. Shepherds don't always know where the green pastures are. They have to search for them, and maybe they make mistakes, but not the great shepherd. He says, I will, I will lead you and guide you. Um, something I, I want to read, and if you don't mind, it's from... Charles Spurgeon, I think it was an English um, pastor of many, many years ago, but gosh, if you ever have a chance to read some things, he said, a sheep is an object of property, not a wild animal. Its owner sets great store by it, and frequently it's bought with a great price. 
there's a noble tone of confidence about the sense. He said, there is no if or but, or I hope so. But he says, the Lord is my shepherd. The sweetest word of the whole is that monosyllable, my. He does not say the Lord is the shepherd of the world, like I was telling you, but the Lord is my shepherd. And one of the biggest things that he got from this, I'm going to skip some of it, is that if we don't realize that we are sheep in need of a shepherd, we've taken ourselves out of the equation. But when we say, I am a sheep, I have tendencies to wander, I have tendencies to want to seek my own way, but I have this shepherd, so let me refocus. Um, The next one, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Sheep do not tend to lay down very easily. Like I said, they're kind of scaredy cats. I can relate to that at times. Timid animals won't lie down if they're afraid. Social animals, which they are, won't lie down if there's friction in the flock. So if we're struggling, you're, you're going to be pacing. You're not going to lay down and get close to your fellow sheep. Flies and parasites target them so they won't lie down when they are attacked and irritated. And if they are anxious about food or water, they won't lie down. So fear, friction, flies, and famine. There's my four Fs for Dave. That's a, now I can count that as my preaching thing that I did. You got your four Fs. If there's fear they will not be able to settle down and be calm and go where they need to go. And they sure, they definitely can't lie down because now they're actually, if they don't trust the shepherd, they are now a sitting duck as uh, for the predator. If there's problems within the sheep, they're biting at each other, bothering each other, the same thing happens. But the Lord, when we put that trust in the Lord, he says, that's how you can lay down. And I will take you to green pastures, better than I ever imagined, better than you can imagine, where we kind of say, if you do this for me, God, it's enough. And he says, oh, honey, let me just show you. What I have for you is the greenest of pastures. It's the clover you need. It's everything that you need. And I will lead you there if you follow me. And he lets you be calm and be there. And then I had mentioned before that they have a problem with the sound of running water. Well, he, that doesn't upset him. He says, okay, I understand you're personality, I know your needs, I'm going to take you to quiet waters. He gives you what you need, and he doesn't criticize or condemn that we're, that we're scaredy cats about water. He's not, he doesn't condemn us when we get afraid of our transitions and change. He doesn't condemn, and he doesn't criticize. But he does say, usually through other sheep, listen, refocus on me, and you'll be able to have the green pastures You'll have the calm, and you'll be able to lie down. The next one is, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. What I look at is he's saying, if we follow the shepherd, we can relax in his care and we refreshed, that he is who he is. The I am is the I am. He's not going to change, and that's the best way that I can know that I'm okay. My circumstances change, but he does not. His heart towards me doesn't change. His heart towards you doesn't change. He will always bring you into a safe place, and he will take care of every need, even if you think it's a small one. I don't think he considers giving us quiet waters a small thing. And he does it because that's who he is. For his name's sake, there are many ways to look at that, but that's what strikes my heart, is we can trust the character of God. His, the goodness of God will never change towards us. The next one, even though I walk through the darkest valley or the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. couple things. He said he would take us through, not that we were going to stay in it. But you know, as an, a critical care nurse and as a hospice nurse, I got to challenge myself, and I got to share that with families. As a believer, he is there with us as we go through that, and at some time we all will. Some of you have experienced it very close to you through the last 15 years even, not just the pandemic. It it took out my mom earlier than that. And what I had to do is say, you know what? 
she is with the Lord. That death does not get to have the last word, God does. It is not something where he is our, death is our enemy. Death is a transition, but he will walk us through that valley, even if it's just a dark time. And I don't know, I think sheep are pretty, they like to have light, they, like to ha- they need to know their path, but if they trust their shepherd, he stays close enough that he will lead them even through hard times. And even when it comes to the point of death, just to remember for all of us that it has been defeated. This valley of the shadow of death, death has no hold on us. It is just a shadow. Shadows cannot take us out. Shadows of a gun cannot kill us. The true enemy has been defeated, but he wants you to believe he has power that he doesn't have. He's a shadow. And when you take the light, of the Holy Spirit, and you bring the beacon out, we find out that that thing is exactly what it really is. Not, it is, it's just a shadow of something, but it, the, the whole price was paid on the cross by the Lamb of God. He took care of that price, and he even did it with the picture of saying, the one perfect Lamb, he was willing to even come as a a lowly shepherd, and then even to be the sacrifice that didn't deserve it so that there is no more price to pay. And that's what grace is that I'm learning even more about me. When I start to condemn myself, God says, wait a minute, wait a minute. I already took care of that, and it's okay that you're wavering, but refocus. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Just what I want to say is that evil is defeated, but it is a defeated evil. That we are the sheep of the victor. So when we're walking in that, it doesn't matter if around the encampment is the enemy. He's like, come on. We got a spread to have. It's like a church buffet that, that we can have right now And we can be calm enough to go ahead and enjoy it because he's got our back and he's got our front and our side and up and down. He's got us covered. And that what we think is minimal, that he'll minimally take care of us, he says, no, it will overflow. My cup will overflow. The biggest challenge that I see is that we need the Holy Spirit to anoint us even more. We need to open our hearts to him more and more. So where there is a place where he wants to use us that we'd say, anoint us, Lord God, afresh and anew. Let us see, let us see how you see us. And let us see you how you are. And where there are areas that need healing, we cannot heal ourselves. But we can go to the great shepherd, who is also our great physician, and say, Lord, heal me. And it is great delight and desire to heal each one of us. And he does not condemn. He may bring correction or discipline, but he does not condemn us. He just takes the crook and he brings us closer. The last one is, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What I was going to say is, you know what? That's easy when we all kind of go, yeah, I got that, makes sense. It is a declaration and it is a choice. I declare that your goodness and love will follow me. He will never leave me, never forsake me. All he's asked us to do is what has what been born into us, which is follow. Follow hard after him. And then my choice is, and I will, I get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's not just when we die. It's right now that I get to dwell in the goodness of the Lord now and forevermore. I'm not volunteering to to pass away earlier than necessary. I think we've agreed on 25 years, at least for our marriage, which is exciting. But when when he says it's time and I'm going to go, it's like, guess what? I'm going to dwell, I'm still going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that is very, very exciting. You know, one of the things that I want to do next is remember how I talked about that there is um, safety in 
the flock? Well, there is an importance for us gathering together as much as possible when we can be in person. It's different. I've watched it online, and I'm glad we have that. But being in person where eyeball to eyeball, I can say I'm fine, and you go, uh-uh, sister, something's wrong. And you can say, come here. You may hug me, you may, or just, uh-uh, let's talk. And, and I need that. I need you, and you need each other, and you need me too. So when we, when we choose not to be together and we choose to just walk independently and be that little, ah, sheep, we're setting ourselves up for something other than what God has for us. He says, come together in unity, join together. And one of the things that we wanted to today as we're wrapping this up is we're going to have people declaring. There are going to be declarations to the flock. So I've asked some people. Alan's going to help pass the mic around. They're just going to share something and it's from the flock to the flock. We can move to the next one. Bah, there we are. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Yeah. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you forever. From generation to generation, we'll proclaim your praise. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I like this because God called me a sheep. I'm sure sometimes in 33 years of marriage, my Beagle might have thought I was a goat. <laughs> you know, stubborn, aggressive, hard-headed. So I'm glad to know that God sees me as a sheep and that I'm willing to follow and that we hear his voice. And uh, different ways we can hear the voice of God is through other people, prophecy, or someone just comes up and says, hey, I really feel like God says... X, Y, Z, uh, through open doors that he opens for us. Sometimes we don't think that is a way of speaking to us, but it is. We just have to sometimes takes us a while to figure it out. And, of course, his word. His word is always speaking to us. And um, the way it happens for me a lot of time is just a stillness, a still, quiet voice that I listen for, and sometimes it's a repetitive thought. You know, uh, maybe he says, go visit Diane today, something's up. And I wait a while, and he says again, go visit Diane today. So sometimes it's like in a thought process. But I'm glad that he's the good shepherd and I'm one of the flock. I love that Mike is able to stand after having to deal with his knee. And thank you, Lord. Thank you. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I looked up some characteristics of what a good shepherd is. And he, he loves his sheep and develops a close, intimate relationship that's important. And then um, he knows them, and we know his voice, and we trust that. That's so important. Yeah. Okay, we have one more. Pat's going to share a verse with us as well. After she's done, um, Alan is going to read the psalm to us, the whole psalm, since I broke it down, and then we're going to close. But I think we all need to hear this from the sheep. Go ahead. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Thank yeah. you, Lord, for this promise. Amen. I was going to see if he had it memorized. <laughs> Once upon a time, I had it memorized, I know. <laughs> but the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. 
He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So as we're wrapping this up, um, I know I needed to hear it. And it helped me this last six months to remember I didn't walk away from God. I just had a squirrel time, and I needed to remember that his faithfulness and his goodness and his heart towards me is consistently powerful and amazing. And I am so glad, not like my past, where there was condemnation if I didn't do everything right. That's, that's, not, what, that's not what his heart is towards us. As we're closing, if we'll have some ministry team people up here. If you would like to have someone just stand in agreement from the, the sheep, part of the flock, to, to agree with you about something, that is a good thing. Otherwise, at least make sure you just hate, say hello or hug, whatever you're comfortable with, um, before you leave. And then I asked Alan if he would give us, it's a Jewish blessing, I believe, right? As we're getting ready to close, okay? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. There is a ministry team be up here for prayer, for anyone who needs prayer. But if not, have a wonderful week. Be good sheep. Listen for the Lord. <laughs>